Hi everyone and welcome back to the Talk Dental to Me podcast. On this podcast we talk about all the dental topics you wish you knew more about, what you want to hear more about and topics that will challenge your practice and help you flourish as a clinician. My name is Emma. I'm an oral health therapist based in Australia. I'm your host. Thank you so much for making episode 37 a part of your busy day. Now, I've had a big last couple of weeks. I feel like I've been quite quiet on social media as I've had to focus on other exciting things that have been happening. I did my first in-person presentation at the Dental Hygiene Association's event here in my state, and it was so awesome just being able to speak about my passion and my dental career and journey and if you're listening and you were there I hope that you found it helpful. I also was at the Mobile Dental Providers Association conference with CuraProx so that was also exciting and I'm also preparing for the huge FTI conference in September which is only a couple of weeks away and again we'll be there with CuraProx so it's just an exciting time ahead. I've been really, really busy in my new position as the in-house content creator at DSmile. So it's just been an insane couple of weeks and I still have to pinch myself every so often because I am so, so blessed and so grateful to be doing what I do. So that has been basically my life these last couple of weeks. It's about to head into a quieter time before it picks up again. So definitely grateful for the downtime. And today's topic, I have been asked several times if I know anyone who is studying dentistry from practicing as an oral health therapist or dental hygienist. And if this is you, it is your lucky day because I recently connected with Hannah Omori, who has done exactly that. So if you're an OHT who dreams of becoming a dentist or someone who's just curious about the transition and how you may go about this, this podcast is here to guide you and inspire you. And in this episode, we explore Hannah's journey and the leap of faith she took into studying dentistry. Join us as we dive deep into the motivations and discussing the pivotal moments that basically drove Hannah to change careers and the challenges that she experienced. Hannah's going to give you all some really, really valuable advice, her strategies and resources for others who aspire to follow in her footsteps. She's also going to discuss academic requirements and her application advice. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Hi, Hannah. Welcome to the Talk Dental To Me podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. All right. So we're going to take it right back to the start. So where are you from? Where did you study? What's your background? So I'm from Perth, Western Australia. I did my undergrad at Curtin University in WA and I graduated in 2020 with a Bachelor's of Science majoring in oral health therapy with full adult scope. And then I have just started my dental degree at the University of Sydney this year, which is very exciting. But yeah, that's a bit about me. Oh, I love it. And so you'd been an OHT for how long? So I graduated in 2020 and then I worked full-time for two years Mm -hmm. and this is my third year out. So I'm working and studying at the same time at the moment. Awesome. And how did you find your first couple of years of OHT? That would have been pretty crazy. 2020 (laughs) 
and then COVID. How was that for you going out into the workforce? Yeah, pretty crazy. I think we just scraped past. We were pretty lucky in WA, actually. Our restrictions weren't as crazy and hectic as you guys over east. COVID really affected us in the third year, so our third and final year of uni. But we managed to kind of get just enough prac work in before we graduated. You know, no one's really ever fully ready when they graduate. But we got just enough prac to kind of go, okay, you guys are ready enough or as ready as can be to go out into the real world. But yeah, we were pretty lucky, I think, on the West Coast. Oh, good, good. And I'm really excited for you to unpack your journey because I get people message me and say, oh, do you know anyone who's done OHT and has gone into dentistry? I'm like, no, I actually don't personally. But then we came across each other a long time ago, but then we were chatting early and I was like, I didn't connect the dots. I didn't know you were both the same person (laughs) because Hannah, for you guys, Hannah's been very humble. She hasn't mentioned all the cool stuff that she does outside of studying dentistry, but she's a powerlifter, which apparently is just a hobby, but she's really good at it. (laughs) And so she's got a powerlifting page and then she's got her personal page and I didn't connect the dots until like a few weeks ago. So this is how Hannah is on the podcast. (laughs) My two personas. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so Hannah's in her first year of dentistry. And so, I mean, we all study OHT, you know, with different goals. And I mean, some people use it as a pathway into dentistry. Some people do OHT and then they think, oh, I think I want a little bit more. And then they go in to do dentistry. Did you enter OHT with the goal of applying for dentistry? How did that unravel for you? I honestly didn't even know I wanted to do OHT to begin with. So I went straight out of high school. And I think this is just like the craziest coincidence, but my preferences in year 12 when I was doing my university applications was like oral health therapy, actuarial science, construction management. Actuarial science. Just the most random. What's yeah, that? I was like, I don't know. It's just like data, <laughs> like data science-ish. And then there was like business because, yeah, like it's just so random. I mean, healthcare was always on the cards for me, but then I was like, oh, I mean, I don't know if I love it. So I ended up putting OHT as my first preference only because I knew that I had to do an interview to get in. And I just thought, okay, well, if it takes an interview, it's probably the hardest one to get into. So I'm just going to put that first. OHTWA needs an interview. I didn't know that. Well, not anymore. Oh. But I think I was the last year and every year before us, we did interviews to get in. So, yeah, so that was the process. And then you obviously needed a certain ATAR. Mm -hmm. Now I think they may have raised the ATAR to get in, but there's no interview process. And I think it's more because there is a higher intake and therefore, the interview process is a little bit more strenuous if, with, you know, the volume of people coming through. Mm. But, yeah, it was a pretty competitive process to get in. So I guess I was like, I had to do an interview. I've gotten this far. I may as well do it. Started OHT and met some amazing people. And it was such a great way to kind of get your hands dirty but also have that theory side of things and 
I guess, you know, healthcare, you really have to love people and, you know, have that passion for people. And so, yeah, it was the best of both worlds with OHT. And then I think, I guess I'm that kind of person who just wanted to just do a little bit more career-wise and I wanted to kind of expand my scope and that's where dentistry kind of popped into my head and that was during after I had started my OHT journey. Mm. And so you did OHT and then got your hands dirty, did a few years out. And I think that's a good way to start though. I mean, you know, getting out there, getting real life skills, working with patients in the quote real world, and then going back to do dentistry. So what was the process of applying to dentistry as an OHT? Because when I went through it in 2013, it wasn't a direct pathway, but I just did a podcast with a 2022 UniMail graduate and she told me that it is a pathway now, like you can use OHT as a stepping stone to dentistry. So what was that like for you? Because you obviously came from WA to New South Wales. Mm. So just generally speaking, if you are to do dentistry as a postgrad degree, you would, you know, sit your GAMSAT, which is just like a third party examination. And then they take the GAMSAT score with your GPA and then they kind of rank you and then they go, do we want you or not? So for me personally, I started the GAMSAT process in my third year of OHT just as like a trial this was kind of during COVID so GAMSAT was proctored which is very typical of this day and age but it was just all online it was pretty awful experience in my opinion Mm -hmm. and then that was a good kind of you know where am I at attempt I guess and then after I graduated I sat GAMSAT in person so that was a whole other experience as well. And then I sat at the third time last year, which is, you know, where that's the score that I used to get in. Mm-hmm. In terms of direct pathway, I believe there are some universities who do offer both the OHT and dental degrees where you do one and then move into the other, just kind of seems very seamless, which is awesome. But there are also other degrees where dental, if, you know, if dentistry is a postgrad, you can literally do any degree, whether it's engineering or you could do an arts or marketing and use that GPA with your GAMSAT to apply to dental school mm-hmm. as well. And then so obviously with the multiple different pathways. And then obviously with the prerequisite subjects, right? Yeah, some universities do. I think University of Melbourne has some very specific, very uh, yeah, very specific units that you have to have completed in your undergrad or at some point in your life within X number of years, whereas other universities are pretty lenient or they don't really have any specific units that you have needed to complete. Mm-hmm. Did you do two practice games outs just to sort of get the feel of it and then you were like, yeah. But many people do the GAMSAT multiple times, don't they? Yeah, I think most people, you'd be pretty lucky to get in first or like get a really good score. And not, I guess it is part luck, I mean, and hard work. But I think the third time was last year that I sat mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. and I was like, this has to be it. And so I actually, you know, put in the work and was like, I do want this to be, you know, the year that I get in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I just put in a little bit more time. But it is, it's so time consuming and you really have to be ready to put that time aside to sit it and prepare for it 
mm-hmm. because not only is it a financial strain, but it's time as well that you're mm. giving up. Because you were working full-time as an OHT at the same time, so that would have been a huge workload. How many hours were you putting aside every week to study, do you think? So when I decided that I was going to sit it for real mm-hmm. during – so I sat it in March – So about four weeks before that, I asked my boss to let me drop a day. So I had that extra day and I would use that day to kind of practice. But after work, after say I got home at like six, I would go to the gym, spend two hours there and then be home, what, 8.30, have dinner nine. And then I would put in probably like an hour to an hour and a half each day, each working day. And then I'd have one free day to kind of just like catch up. Mm. Wow, girl, you must have been double scooping your pre-workout because that's a big day. (laughs) You did? (laughs) And so I think a question that people will want to know is what GAMSAT score would you have to aim for to get into dentistry or to be considered? So, I mean, most universities, not taking into account rural background, all of that kind of stuff, just as a standard let's say like mature age entry, you know, student, they say 50 or 55, I think for some universities. So you must pass each section and then overall get over 55, I believe, as an overall score. I believe that the, obviously, if you go on Reddit, you'll see like every year, like someone will do an analysis of, you know, what scores everyone got in the program to get in. Mm -hmm. But I think the last I've seen dental school, anything above 65, I would say you have a chance. Each university weights each section differently too, so take oh. that into account. Some universities weight section three the most, which is the science section. Mm-hmm. Sydney University, for example, weighs section two the most, which is the writing, essay writing section. So. You know, if you get over 65, you've probably got a shot. Whether it's strong or not, questionable. If you get anything over 70, you've got a much, much stronger shot. But in saying that, if you get a really good, strong Section 3 score, that could work to your advantage. Or if you get a really strong Section 2 score, that could also work to your advantage, depending on the university. Mm. Do you mind me asking what you scored in the game, Sam? I actually don't remember anymore, but I think it was about a 68. Okay. So I remember doing really, I think I got 74 or 76 in my section two, and I think that really did help. Okay, guys, I don't think you're ready for this, but High Smile have released a new range of toothpaste flavors and they have outdone themselves. They have strawberry, banana, grape bubblegum, and vanilla. Strawberries and cream is my favorite, but trust me when I say you need to try these for yourselves or surprise that special someone who doesn't like traditional mint flavor. They will be available at Chemist Warehouse, Coles, and at HighSmileTeeth.com. Trust me, run, don't walk. This is all like gibberish to me because I'm just like, I've done it. I did the UMAT in 2010 and I didn't properly prep for it. I didn't even need it for a Bachelor of Oral Health, but I just did it just in case my options changed. And I guess some people do it just to know exactly what it might involve. And it was I found it really hard because I, <laughs> I didn't 
didn't prep for it very well, so I didn't do very well in it at all. <laughs> it's so, hard yeah. when you wing it. You think you think mm. you can wing it until you try to wing it, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> you kind of need a prep. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of work. So, no, that's really helpful for everybody to know. So because you came from the Bachelor of Oral Health, so your course was credited, so you didn't have to do any extra prerequisite subjects or like another year at uni with different subjects? No. No, no. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good to know. So basically it was just a good score on a GAMSAT and then you've got your OHT degree to, to back you there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I will say if you are already an OHT and you are studying, then, you know, do your best to get a good GPA. I mean, for me personally, I didn't really realise I wanted to do dentistry until probably second, third year. So I was always that kid that fell asleep in class and, you know, was cramming the night before an exam so that was me but if you can you know if you know what you want then really put in the work because it will make life a little easier for you at the end of the day so I would say you know if you're already an OHT or you're already studying then you know it's worth giving a shit about how you're doing in school but I think anyone who is thinking about doing OHT to get into dentistry I mean I think it's always good to have that background But I also think if you want to be strategic about it, oral health therapy is a hard degree because there's a practical and theoretical component to do really well in and get a really good GPA in. I don't know about you, but, you know, I think that if you want to get a really good GPA, like you're better off doing another degree. Yeah, I mean, I guess there's pros and cons, right? I obviously can't talk too much about it because I haven't been through it myself. But I guess it'll give you like, the background dental knowledge would be great. But if you could do, I don't know, one year of, does it work that way? You could do one year prerequisite subjects of like a biomed and science and then apply to dentistry. Yeah, then there's that option too. That I mean, if you're going to do dentistry, don't forget dentistry, there's undergraduate pathways where you do say like five or six years of dentistry as an undergrad which means you can come straight out of high school, do the five years and then come out as a dentist. Or if you do it as a postgrad, then you have to do your undergraduate in whatever it is. And that's generally what, three to four years. And then you do another four years as a postgrad. So there's multiple pathways. But if you're going to do the dentistry as a postgrad and you want to do an undergrad for it, and you want a really good GPA to kind of like give yourself the best chance then there are degrees that you can do to get yourself that GPA or like a stronger GPA because it, I think that there is some sort of threshold of a GPA you can get in OHT or in any degree where there's a very strong practical component because everyone starts, you know, before they get to a higher level and when you're starting out, you can't expect yourself to do really, really well. Yeah. Well, that's really good food for thought for everyone. Another thing that just popped into my head, just circling back to that point where you were like, you know what, I want to do dentistry. Was it something about dentistry that attracted you? Was it you wanted to do, I don't know, root canals or (laughs) dentistry or like is there anything in particular that attracted you towards dentistry? 
I was very lucky when I started OHT, I got to work in a dental practice in front of house, so in reception. And I worked in a practice that did a lot of surgical work. It was an implant center, like implant clinic, did a lot of pros, did a lot of, you know, surgical implants, grafting, extractions, all that kind of gory stuff. <laughs> and I was like, this is cool, like, you know, and I made friends with so many of the dentists there. They were really cool people. But I just thought it would be so cool to have the option to do surgery if I wanted to. And I think it's a very high-risk space and so, you know, there's pros and cons to it. But I thought having the option to be able to do it if I wanted to, I think is, yeah, is a really awesome thing to have. But I think surgery is awesome. I think being able to you know, yeah. hear that pop and crackle, you know, you know I think it's awesome. <laughs> I'm complete opposite, but that is so awesome. But I think that's a really great foundation that you have, you know, being preventative focused as an OHT, speaking to other dentists who have come from an OHT background, it's really rooted in how they practice and they've really got prevention first. So I think that's you know, just going to help excel you in your career and, you know, for your patients' overall treatment. So that's awesome. And probably one thing that I think people may want to hear about is were there any unexpected hurdles or difficult hurdles to dentistry? I know we spoke about the GAMSAT. Is there anything else that you can think of? Hurdles of getting in, probably GAMSAT's the biggest one. The other thing is probably kind of where you want to study and kind of it's really hard. I don't know if your listeners are from just Australia or from the US or from the UK, but every country is a little bit different in their process of getting in and every university has its own prerequisites and actually just kind of gathering all of that information and knowing what you're doing and why you're doing it and which university you want to get into is really important. And sometimes you can get to the application stage and be like, oh, I forgot to apply for this place or, oh, I forgot to, you know, I should have done this unit instead of that unit if I wanted to get into this university or I should have written up my personal statement for this university but I forgot to do that. You know, those are the little things that if you can stay on top of sooner rather than later so that you know that you're working towards something more specific. Mm, no, that's really helpful. And did you do any interviews for the universities you applied to? University of Sydney does not have an interview process for dentistry anyway. I'm not sure about medicine. I know that UWA does and I believe Melbourne. I could be wrong, but Melbourne I think does as well. I'm not too sure about the other universities because they are undergraduate pathways. Mm-hmm. However, I do think that some of them have like personal statements that you have to submit things like that mm-hmm. so yeah. it was a bit different so those are some good tips and before we wrap up do you have any other tips for people who are in your position and say you know what I want to go into dentistry I've done OHT and I think I want more what are your top tips for someone who wants to do what you did I think understand your why and understand why you want to do it is really important. Dentistry is an extremely consuming and as an OHT, you would already know because you're already living amongst it. It's extremely consuming. I mean, dental school is another thing. I mean, I think if you get through OHT, you can definitely get through dentistry. 
I mean, dentistry is pretty much, you know, OHT on steroids. But if you can get through OHT, you can get through dentistry because you've got the foundational kind of, you know, work ethic and understanding. But definitely understand your why because it will take a lot of time and also finances as well. So if it's really worth, I think OHTs these days, we're in a really good space to grow and we actually have a lot our scope, you know, especially if you're newly graduating, you know, our scope is pretty damn good and ability to have work-life balance is also fantastic. So as a dentist, I mean, you have that extra responsibility and, you know, you have to really put in the work if you want to get, you know, results. And so you have to be willing to do that. So really understand, like, if I'm doing OHT now, is there a reason why I want to do dentistry? Because you know, OHTs, you know, I think we're in a really good space. And I think, yeah, put aside time and something's got to give. So whatever it is, you know, if it's time, everything's about balance, but in reality, something has got to give. So whether it's, you know, a Saturday night that you'd normally go out for drinks with your friends, like if you want to get into dentistry, you're going to have to put that aside to sit your games out to, you know, do your assignments and do really well. And if you can put in the work, There's no reason why you can't thrive. Mm, So, so good. And any personal statement tips, anything that you think is worth adding as an OHT going into dentistry? I think that it's not really a tip, but I think it gives anyone a bit of confidence. Being an OHT and going into dentistry is extreme privilege. I think a lot of dentists out there who haven't done OHT don't really understand what we do and so for us to go out and if you know when I become a dentist I will know exactly what the role of an OHD is and how much they can do and working with other clinicians it's such an invaluable thing like you really can't put a price to being able to work with someone in such a collaborative way to provide patient care And also, you know, you go out and you see dentists who have no idea what OHT is. They just think, oh, they just purely do hygiene or they just, you know, I'm just going to let them do, I mean, take x-rays and that's it. But if you can really grasp what your role is as an OHT is like now, when you go into dentistry, you'll be so, so grateful and be it's so much more rewarding, I think, when you hit the end goal of dentistry. Beautiful. Well, thank you so, so much, Hannah. I'm sure there's lots of little gems in there that maybe OHTs or even potential dentistry students may take away from this. So thank you very, very much. My pleasure. My pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I did, please do share it with others in your network or someone you know who may find it helpful. Thank you so much for being here and listening to the podcast. Your support means a lot to me and I can't wait to hear what you think. So don't forget to DM me your takeaways or tag me at Emma Talks Teeth and at Talk Dental to Me Podcast. Until next time, take care everyone. Bye.